to another episode of the Self-Improvement Project. This week, Dan and I have decided to pair up again for the second week running to discuss a topic that interests us around self-improvement. So this week, we decided to compare two different ways of setting goals, looking at the length of time. So the first one that we look at is a 10-year plan and this is a type of goal uh, and goal setting process that Dan uh, discovered and looked at um, from uh, a person called Mike, uh, Matthew Kent. So we talk at length about um, the, the benefits as well as maybe some of the drawbacks of the 10-year the plan. And we also discuss on, uh, in a contrasting way, the 12-week the year, which is a book by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington, and is all around setting goals in a 12-week um, space rather than um, longer term. So the book directly compares it to achieving more in 12 weeks than in 12 months. So... We start off the episode by trying to um, talk about uh, the stereotypical New Year's resolution and trying to tear that apart and, and understand why we do that and then leading into um, our two different types of goal setting. We talk about our ideas with them, again, with some of the, the positives as well as some of the drawbacks and our own personal experiences. We pick our favourites at the end based on our discussions and hopefully this is something that you can take at least one thing from to help with any goals that you potentially think you may plan for in the future. We hope you enjoy it. You go through goal setting, don't you? And then you evaluate how it works and how you feel after you've achieved something and then not achieved something. Because I remember we used to talk about three month goals up like a few years ago when I was in Edinburgh. And yeah. Like, oh, like what are our three, three month goals? And like I found when I began with three month goals, it was um, like pretty motivating. But then afterwards, I felt like I was making goals for the sake of making goals and then I wouldn't do yeah. them. I don't know. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think you were you were definitely the person to introduce me to three month goals, so like the twelve week, twelve week year kind of kind of concept. Um, and I, before that, you know, like probably the majority of of other people, you would make uh, like a New Year's resolution, right? I, and I this is exactly what I wrote. The, the first thing I wrote, I was like, the you know, with what I was thinking was like we're comparing the three month goals with your 10 year goals. Yeah. And then in between that, like the starting point is, and it's just like stereotypical, isn't it? Like New Year's yeah. resolution. And it's, it must go down as the worst goal setting metric for achieving things ever. Oh, a hundred percent. I've never 100%. heard of someone who's, who's achieved <laughs> anything from a New Year's resolution. Well, the thing is like, I wonder if there's the if there's any kind of not science but kind of research into it 
um, I think it's probably more of a like a tradition thing you do, right? Like yeah. I remember at New Year's uh, last year, and we're kind of talking like just having to be and like talk about what resolutions would be and it's like yeah like use my phone less that kind of stuff mm. and a week passes and you've forgotten about it yeah because you're kind of placing that that year time frame on it you're like i've got plenty of time to to work on it but mm. you end up losing it in like the midst of of life right yeah and, the midst you know, and it's tough to yeah. keep them up over a year as well yeah, it is, especially if you have like no clarity as to how you're actually going to achieve it. Um, yeah, that clarity, so, yeah. Use my phone less sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly, which is why I think that the the 12-week year uh, method is is so useful. And I remember after you told me, I kind of set out, I was like, right, I'll just kind of set out a list of like four or five things I want to achieve over the next three months. And... I wrote it down and instantly I was like, okay, the deadline is in three months time. Like it's coming up. Yeah. Like what can I do now to actually enable me to achieve this? So like kind of get the ball, get the ball rolling. So it definitely does, does spur you on to, to actually take action, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's very motivating because you can see the horizon yeah you you can see it you're and and again you can literally break it down into into weeks and days when it's 12 weeks you're like i need to do this today so that yeah. next week it's at this level and yeah i absolutely think it's it's definitely more motivating but um and we can like talk about how that impacts going forward but i definitely think the 12 week side of things from a goal setting point of view, if anyone's ever like, what's the f- like first way that I could, you know, set goals that would help me? I definitely think that twelve week one is a good starting point. Yeah, because your motivation is, is high. You're looking to set goals. You're you can see it clearly. You know, we could sit here and say, right, in three months, that is the start of November. I'm going to achieve this by November. Yeah, and you you can literally break it down um, really well. So I think that's very good for for motivating um, and motivation. But then, like the follow on from that can be, I think, can be quite interesting as well. Um, what I think it's quite good to talk about, right? We obviously started this off from you looking at that like ten year side of things. What what was the like main things that jumped out at you from that 10 year article? Cause I'd not come across it before. And there's definitely things that, that jumped out at me that I think were really, really relevant. But... Yeah. A hundred percent. So I'd actually found out about it through a podcast that I listened to called listen money matters. So it's, mm. it's a kind of personal finance podcast. Um, and they had a guest on it called, I think it was called Matthew Kent, and he's got a book called Personal Finance That Works For You. Mm. Um, so this concept is something that came out of his book that he actually implemented. Um, for me, what probably jumped out to me was, the, I think initially the time frame. Right. Like, 
I've never heard of anyone talk about a 10 year plan. Like you've heard of the five year plan and stuff, but when I heard 10 years, like that's quite, you know, it's obviously a long time. It's, um, it's very kind of far into the future. Yeah. Um, but upon kind of reading about it and, and the actual kind of benefits of doing it, it was just very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as well, the, the guy, Matthew, he was speaking about his kind of experience with it, that, he had kind of been a what you'd probably call like a coaster or what they called a a C student. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was he was kind of going through his, you know, he'd obviously done school and stuff. He got like relatively good grades. Uh, he went into a job in his twenties, and kind of before he knew it, he'd like coasted through his thirties. And he looked back and he was like, "Yeah, like really, what have I achieved?" Mm-hmm. Um, and I can honestly like I can see a little bit of of that in, in myself yeah um like i can speak from experience like at school like i definitely coasted through school um if i'm looking like back in the last like five years yeah i've like coasted through work i, I couldn't really like pick out a huge huge number of like achievements that really like resonate with me hmm. um so that definitely jumped out as well and i think just like how how actionable it is as well mm-hmm. um you know they they kind of talk about all these questions that you should ask yourself um and really define like to you what what a remarkable life would look like to you in 10 years time and the fact yeah. that you can really be so lofty with these goals and because it's so far in the future you can afford to be lofty with these goals yeah so, and there's also that, like not that pressure to like achieve it right now yeah exactly and I think that's the difference between like a like a five year plan and a ten year plan, right? Like yeah. if I'm looking back in the last five years, I couldn't have achieved and I I kind of started, you know, writing out this ten year plan yesterday. So I've not finished it yet, but some yeah. of the things I wrote down, I was like, Yeah, no way could I have achieved that in five years. I, like at all. I wouldn't come close to that. Yeah. And I think the five-year things all, all, I think once you spend time thinking about it, because it's that common like interview question, I think I kind of despise it now in that sense. Because yeah, I was going to bat back as a point of discussion today in that sense of how on earth can you plan for 10 years? I could not tell you ex- like 10 years ago, being 18, that I'd be here now. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I completely resonate with the the message of it's who you want to become rather yep. than like the really specific things. So you talk about achievements at work and things like that. I I can see your point, but I I also think I probably couldn't pinpoint many things either. I've maybe got one from when I just started my full-time job at the college but I barely even think about that it's not something I would pride like who I want to be on yeah sense. Um, but, but that's also that's also the beauty of it though is that because it's so long it like 10 years is a very long time mm. um it gives you enough time to reflect on so say you know, you said you, you couldn't imagine like being where you are just now. If you'd made a point 
So if I say like, I don't know, just for an example, like in 10 years time, I want to be living in like Spain or something. If you don't do it, or if you know you're not going to achieve it, it gives you plenty of time to reflect on why you can't achieve it and readjust your goals. That's uh, to me, I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And it really digs deep into why do you want to live in Spain or why do you want this career or this type of lifestyle? as well because yeah i think the really nice thing with the 10-year goal setting was that you can start and and you know have these dreams and things like that but you can adjust and pivot and like evolve it as well it's not all or nothing um and i think that was really nice as well because you know in the last 10 years yes you have I've had goals and I've achieved those goals and sometimes it's made me happy. Sometimes it's not. And I think you definitely need to go through those experiences to then continue to evolve who you want to become. And those, those questions that you're talking about as well, those really like open questions of what do I, what do I want material wise? You know, where do I want to live? What do I want to do as a job? Like really big questions, like uncomfortable questions. Yeah. are really important to the short term as well you know um from like a job point of view i think i I think i read an example but a very relatable example not just for myself or yourself but for for everyone in that sense of you know i've had days when i've turned up to work and i've been like i'm literally doing things today that have absolutely no meaning i am a a cog in a much bigger machine and I just need to tick that cog on from nine till five or nine till six or whatever and then I go home again and that can be a really important lesson to go through to understand who you want to become yeah and yeah like like you said last night I think you really have to like dig deep like you have to be so deep in that kind of feeling of asking yourself like where you want to go mm-hmm. to actually write it down and give yourself clarity as to which direction you're going to go in. And you mentioned that, you know, it's quite, it can be quite like uncomfortable asking yourself these questions um, because essentially what you're doing when you're creating this 10 year plan, like you have to think of it in the sense that, what what would my life look like if I just knew I couldn't fail at anything? Yeah, yeah. So you have to really open it up. And um, although I, I'm similar to you, like when I was answering some of the questions, I was like, yeah, it, it can be quite uncomfortable like having to like dig down and, and can ask yourself these things. But in a strange way, like I also find it quite liberating at the same time. Yeah. Because you're not like, you're not constricted by anything. You're like, okay, this is my ideal life. This is where I want to live. This is where I want, uh, or what I want my house to look like. This is who I'm going to be living with. Um, Like, you know, even more specific questions, like they said on the list, like, do you have any pets? Like, what's your furniture going to look like? And I think, again, the beauty of it is that when you're asking yourself these questions, it, I mean, some people might find this frustrating, but, I, th- I think it's quite attractive in the sense that it shows how far away you are from these goals. 
Mm-hmm. Like saying, like, I want like a three bed house. Like I am so far away from that, but yeah. it gives me clarity and, you know, we can connect, we can come on to this, but when you break it down, it shows you exactly what you need to do to achieve it. Yeah. And breaking that down is just as important as having that like long-term goal. You know, they're just as important as each other. And that, what you touched on there with the, if you knew you could, you like, you couldn't fail. Like, I think that's a really, you talk about it being liberating. It's a very freeing question of like your mind. You know, it is, yeah. With everything that you are told every day from the news to your your boss and things like that, it would be very easy to limit your mind and what you what you really want but that completely flips it in a sense of you know i don't want to do this every day for the rest of my life and yeah. ultimately ultimately what's the worst thing that could happen it's also it's also good to catastrophize in that sense of like yes i need to pay the bills da 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 but what is the worst thing that could happen um by failing you know i think especially if people are listening in their in their 20s um and they've got you know options to them to explore those i mean you're never gonna have that freedom ever again you know um and there's no perfect time is there like we we've always said this before like this the stars will never ever align for you to do what you want to do. Nah. Like never. Th- there's never going to be a perfect time. Like you'll put it off, you'll put it off. Uh, you'll kind of think, oh yeah, I'll do it like next month. Next month comes. And then you're delaying it for like another, however, however kind of many months. Um, I, so, definitely, yeah. I definitely believe kinda... there's an element as well. I've heard this quote before. There's two reasons why people take like, like amazing action on something. Like you're saying like, you've got to do something and you delay it, you delay it. There's two things. It's either inspiration where you're like, I have to have this. I, this is meant for me. And you have that moment of inspiration. This is what I'm supposed to do. Or it's desperation. It's that I literally am on my knees. I need to do this to then get to, to where I want to go. Yeah. And you know, we talk, we could talk about it all day, but that not taking action is so much more harmful than, than taking action. You know, you can take X, Y, Z paths, but you're, you're still going to get towards, like, you're still going to go further towards where you want to be rather than just staying stagnant. And I think that brings it like really nicely back to that, like, comfort zone that c student thing that he was saying as well yeah. and which i find myself guilty of like, oh same same like all and the time yeah i just i think it was such a well put point in the sense of you literally coast and you're in your comfort zone and it's it's probably the one of the most dangerous places you can be because there's nothing driving you um it's not that you're not motivated but it's probably quite tough to pinpoint exactly what it is, but if you're I not, I think it's just like you're comfortable with what you've got, right? 
and and for for some people like that's absolutely fine like if you're getting by um like you're in a job that like you don't you don't hate you're in like a place that you don't hate like you don't love like that that's okay for some people that's fine but i think for other people as well like that is or recognizing that you're in that situation that is the the motivator to be like right i need to do something about it yeah because he talks about like getting these like obviously it's not forced but you get these moments of i have to change something otherwise it's going to be like this forever like you've talked about it in, in your job like i've had from from working before as well being in um a job you look back and you're like oh my goodness where have the last like five months gone <laughs> yeah. how is it friday already sort of thing and you're like how is it so busy and if you don't have that moment you are going to do that for like decades decades yeah yeah and what i think it was uh it might have been naval that said something about that um when he kind of talked about how dangerous like a monthly salary is mm-hmm. in the sense that i mean maybe dangerous isn't the right word because you know it's i mean even for for me as well like you know, I rely on my monthly salary, mm-hmm. but I think he was speaking from the sense that you work and you work and you get that gratification at the end of every month mm-hmm. with your monthly salary and afford you to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You spend it and then you're constantly in that loop of chasing that next paycheck. Yeah. And before you know it, like you've lost like 12 months or yeah. 12 months has gone by and you've been kind of continuously chasing that and perhaps you probably don't reflect as much on like what you've actually achieved because you're so focused on that instant gratification of of getting money and being able to to pay your bills you know do what you want to do go and enjoy yourself so Mm -hmm. and it's like that bubble in it yeah I i think as well like what what i found really interesting about this 10 year plan was that and and like why you should do it is that it's such a good way to gain like clarity and like i said it shows you how far away you are from reaching the goals that you set out so you can take action um i think probably uh, certainly for me like when you think of the future like you've got these plans and ideas in your head but it does get kind of clouded with like day-to-day life Mm-hmm. and just yeah. everything else that you're doing so you don't necessarily have it defined to the point where you're constantly evaluating it and you're mm-hmm. constantly reflecting on it which i think this plan uh pro- like provides it does provide that direction yeah, it forces you to, to as well yeah. like you'll you'll be in the process of doing it just now and that's not going to be your final copy you're going to constantly reflect on why you want that and how you're going to get there and as you progress through it you're going to pivot and you know find other things that you're maybe passionate about and like evolve it so yeah um, i want to ask you if you felt like the 10-year thing was too overwhelming like it's too big yeah uh, a picture to paint yeah, I, I can definitely see, like when I said at the start, I think when you hear 10 years, you're like, shit, like, yeah. you know, if, if like, 
I probably 10 years ago, there'd be a lot of things I'm doing now that I wouldn't have planned 10 years ago, right? So mm-hmm. when you look at it from that sense, yeah, it can be quite overwhelming. But for me, the, the overriding thing, like I said, was like when I started writing out the questions, I honestly like felt very liberated by it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, there's some kind of uncomfortable questions to ask yourself, but if you never asked them, like, where are you gonna get, where are you gonna get to? Yeah, like what are you gonna do? So I guess that just starting by writing down what you want, I guess it's quite a like you say liberating, but like there's a lot of gratification from it as well. You know, yeah. you're seeing yourself with all these amazing things that you want to be and do and things like that as well. So I guess yeah, absolutely. It's probably once you start it and think of all these things, then it's probably something that you can't stop writing about and thinking about, I guess. So Yeah. And and, and one thing they do say, um, I've not done this yet. So I was kind of just doing like a little bit of a draft just to, you know, kind of prepare for this, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talked about how important it was to actually write them down, like yeah. don't type them, but to write them down. Because when you do that, you slow down and you really like force yourself to to like question yourself and there's something as well like you know i think we've spoken about this in the past in the sense of writing down a goal in your own handwriting and how Mm -hmm. different that is to kind of seeing it typed out Mm -hmm. this i I don't know what it is there's something about it which i think spurs you on a little bit more than it would seeing it just on like a on a laptop or something like that yeah i definitely think it's like an ownership there's accountability there yeah. that i can't quite connect why but because it's your handwriting that's spilling out i think it's definitely something to do with that um, it makes it real i think doesn't it totally yeah yeah it's it not like it a picture or it's something you could edit or or whatever yeah um do, do you think 10 years is too long I think there's, I've not personally done it, but I think now, the age that we are at, I can definitely see myself doing it more than when I was younger. Yeah. I think, I think the timing of it is quite key. And I definitely think that there's there'll be moments in your life where it'll come up i think if you weren't really needing a push or you didn't feel like you needed a push i don't know how useful it would be i don't know how invested you would be in thinking about 10 years i mean if you asked me when i was 18 like you'd have gotten no answers like you only focused on like like going out with your mates and stuff and and, like drinking Um, so oh, definitely, I'd have a completely different point of view ten years ago to what I would now. Mm-hmm. But your experiences put you through that questioning side of things, and you have all these moments where you're like, "Right, I actually want to do something about it." And yeah, um, I personally really liked the element of identifying and embodying, like who you want to become. So again, it comes back nicely to your point about writing things down and writing down like I am a writer or I am a podcaster or I am a a football player and identifying with that particular 
being creates that longevity of 10 years because it doesn't it, you don't become a writer overnight from writing a couple of pages you become a writer as over years of effort and growth and learning and Being consistent yeah and i think that was a really key thing for me when i was reading about that that you have to identify with becoming who you want to be even though you're maybe not there yet because you're writing it down there and you know in 10 years you want to be that but i think that's really important to have in your mind when ever you're carrying out a task because it's all it's always going to come back to that inner self of why am i doing this like what why am i saving up money why am i you know writing so much or whatever um and you need to be able to like bring that back to identifying with it and understanding yeah. why it is and at the same time i think it's really important to go through go through and find things that you're not wanting to do and um, identifying with something because you think that you want to be it and then discovering that that actually takes you to a, a different thing yeah like the example but, I, I told you the other the other day was i used to do lots of videos but i i don't really like and identify with them that much and that's what's led me to do podcasts because I, I love the speaking element of it, but I didn't like the video side of things, but I would yeah. not have done that if I hadn't done the videos, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that, that's like a real life kind of example of being able to like pivot and reflect on, on your goals and, and those affirmations. And I think making those affirmations you touched on is, is very important because if you say, uh, let's, let's just use the example of, you know, I am a podcaster. You writing that down, especially like in your own handwriting, making that affirmation, you then end up embodying the values of the podcaster. Yeah. And you're working to those values every single day because you believe that you are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need and to like live up to it. For yeah, worth than that. One, yeah, one hundred percent. It's very important. I think those that kind of point they made on on affirmations. Mm. I also I actually ordered ordered a journal. Actually, good. Not a journal, but just like a notebook. Because I was like, yeah. yeah, I need to. If I'm going to do this properly, I think I need need to be able to write it down and and really kind of have it somewhere that is accessible a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's also quite important is is being able to to access it and kind of remind yourself um which i think is something that you don't get when you just have these ideas in your head because yeah. they do get lost so like, life is busy right like you you'll think of one thing that you'll have one kind of goal in mind and then something comes up and you yeah. completely forget about it yeah so on a side note of that like journaling for me is so important I've actually got like a notepad that just a little like not even A4, it's even smaller, like A5. Yeah. So it's I've literally titled it. It's like a pucker pad on the front. And all I've written on the front was 2019. And I actually wrote that on it after I like finished it. So all I would do was I wouldn't journal on purpose. It was I would 
write down when I felt like there was something significant, like you say, like a thought or an idea or something I wanted to implement or something I was learning. I wanted to write it down. And that has really helped me plan to get onto the path that I want to now. Yeah. And it's also very satisfying to look back on that and see how you were thinking previously, as well as, oh, that idea has actually contributed to who, I, who I've become today. And you would not have any evidence of that apart from in your own mind. So yeah. reading how you think. Reading, yeah, oh, it's, it's brilliant. But I think like there needs to be an element of it being informal at the same time don't like not following a structure just writing down what you what you think what you feel and things like that i i totally think it's a it's a fantastic thing to do um especially for things like goal setting affirmations things like that as well yeah and and how do you think like kind of coming on to you know 10-year plan like you mentioned it can seem like quite overwhelming um what what's your kind of thoughts on like how you would approach it? So say you have written out all these, all these responses to to what you want your life to look like in 10 years. Mm. You've got that list. How do you then, how do you then action it? Yeah. It, I think that would be the most overwhelming bit. Yeah. Because you'd have this amazing dream. You'd be like, right now I need to, how do I do? How do I start? Um, I definitely think there would need to be an element of breaking that down into a daily thing yeah, and testing it and stick, trying to stick with it. I'm, you know, probably just as like as bad at keeping a habit as anyone, but I think you've got to feel that habit. You've got to feel energy from it. You've again, got to identify why you're doing it. Um, but I definitely think it, it would need to be broken down into a daily thing you could see because as we've talked about before it's the tiny actions consistently that lead to you getting to where you want to be but then from there you could potentially evolve it and yeah. I think one of the most satisfying things w- would be is if you manage to achieve something but also if you something that you'd written down you evolved that and it became even better and even clearer because you've broken it down and built it up yeah i think that would be an even like an even more satisfying side of this this side of things as well because i i can guarantee you that you'll write down things that you think is exactly what you think you want and those will change because nobody like no one on earth knows exactly what they want They'll, they'll know why they think they want it, but that'll change with how things progress and how you actually find things. And if you've never experienced them before, then why do you, why do you want that? So I think, yeah, to, to answer your question, I would definitely say that breaking it down into something that you can action consistently yeah. is, is massively. Really is there anything that you think from going through it that you think? Yeah, to be, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty similar to you in the sense of, of breaking it down. 
Um, I think given the kind of nature of the plan and, and you're working towards what they're calling this like remarkable life that you've created for yourself, mm. these, these goals are ambitious, they're lofty. So in order to achieve them, you do need to break it down into smaller steps and actionable chunks. I think that's the only, only way to, to approach it. Um, so I was thinking like just, you know, one myself, like, you know, maybe you want to buy, buy a house in the next 10 years, right? So you're thinking, okay, that's, that's a goal. How do you achieve it? So breaking that down would be, you know, looking at your savings, looking at exactly what kind of house you want, yeah. exactly where you want to live. Um, maybe what you need to, or looking at how much you need to save and ultimately what you need to cut out looking at your spending, what you need to cut out in order to, to get there. So mm-hmm. I think breaking it down into kind of small actionable things that you can work on consistently is an amazing way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also what we spoke about earlier, I think if you implemented, so say you've got your 10 year plan, you took one of those, one of those uh, goals and you broke it down using the 12 week year yeah yeah i think that that would be another it's, it's similar to breaking it down into chunks but it's kind of tying it into another concept that we know from our own conversations has has worked in the past and it really yeah. does spur you on to take action yeah i get it. yeah a great point in that sense of you are you've written everything down and you want to start it that 12 weeks is like a really great motivation like bubble for you yeah. you can you can do so much in that time that will help you get towards that i think that's a great point um i so was just having kind of, go on. i was just going to say like it's almost like you've kind of got this i wouldn't say vague because when doing the plan i think you need to really be specific with it but you've got this long list and you just need to think right okay how do you tackle it and breaking it down into that 12-week year is such a good way of making it manageable or making yeah. something which might feel overwhelming quite manageable. Yeah. Um, I was just having some thoughts whilst you were speaking there about other things that I would potentially do. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. So something that I've, I've done and um, have heard of as well is writing letters to your future self. So sitting down and writing a letter to you in like five years time and talking about, right, this is like, say it's 7th of August, 2025. You're writing like you're in on that date. This is what you've achieved. And it kind of just gives you that bit more, right, this is real. This is where I could be at that time. Um, and again, this isn't tried or tested. This is just something that I've done over the last um, few months is putting a, like a vent in my calendar on my phone every year and just checking in. And I actually did it for 10 years, um, maybe like a few months ago. Because um, I think probably based on where we've like started talking about it, I've actually popped in the start of 2017 when I started doing like my own projects and things like that. So I've got a yearly event at the start of each year to check in and say, right, where are you? What are you doing? 
where how do you feel about what you're doing things like that so it's making making yourself accountable isn't it yeah and let's say in two years time i'm not doing anything then like why like what again it comes back to that point we made earlier like what's stopping you doing that there's no there's no failure here so like is there something missing motivation wise are you not aligned with something so it's almost, it's almost like kind of asking feedback of yourself no mm. like asking yourself like if you hadn't done that you would i mean some people might but i think the tendency would be that if you didn't kind of take that course of action would you really stop and question yourself yeah i don't think you would yeah because yeah, yeah. like you I'd said had, it's just a, a wheel isn't it like you would never yeah. stop to reflect or anything yeah and and how how have the kind of the letters that you've written in the past how have they kind of like did you say you'd done them yeah oh I've yeah how, how have like, they kind of read them so some are some are fine but some of the details in them are, like honestly mate like so beyond anything i'm doing like yeah. so like i'm not even doing it anymore <laughs> but it's so funny like you're like again it comes back to that point what was i thinking when i was writing that i must have been in a really motivated place and yeah. aspiring to do something and i'm not even doing it anymore but the important thing is i am still working towards who I want to become and that's changed and I've like changed direction or alignment yeah. things like that but it's great to read because you're thinking remember when I was thinking like that and how motivated I was but and don't get me wrong there's things on it that yeah you you are still like working towards but it's amazing how much you can change I think I just did it for one year um like I wrote it in in a like in a year's time open this and read it yeah. um I think I've done one for five years, so that I like be, that, mate. Yeah, but like it's it's amazing nice how different it can be to some of the things that you are continuing with, um, just because of what your focus is at the time. Um, but it's, it's just almost, an interesting thing, yeah. It's almost like giving yourself like a review, like you know, you have like reviews at work and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like every I don't know a year, like six months or something, and you also set out these goals you work towards it and then you have the review to look at your progress against these goals. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're reviewing yourself. Yeah. Um, which I think is a a really interesting concept because I don't think a lot of people do it. No. Being honest. And and I'm, I'm 100% one of these people who don't, I know for me, that's something I need to get better at. And I think listening to this, kind of conversation about the 10 year plan and and listen to the podcast in, in which they discussed it mm. um it definitely made me think i'm missing that i'm missing that review kind of part of of my life because mm-hmm. i just don't do it mm-hmm. and i think if you were to break that down into that daily thing it's definitely that journal mate like honestly yeah. you like i go back and read things from like last year or before and it's so good to just check in with where you were then and where you are now, like how you feel about it. So yeah, because otherwise you'll end up, you will end up coasting. Yeah. And you'll lose, you'll lose time. And 
you know, I think I've, although I, I probably have done that to, to an extent, you, you just, you don't question yourself. And I think now, now is the kind of moment I'm thinking, right, I need to start questioning myself. Mm-hmm. I need to have like more accountability for what I want to do. Yeah. But I think, you know, if we're looking objectively, we're still pretty young. I think, you know, stereotypically, yeah, midlife crises are what, 40s? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> bit, bit of a, bit of a um, better situation than that, I guess. So Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But I think if we were to go back to your, your good point on combining the two, I think something that stood out to me massively, A, from experience, and B, just from goal setting, is how much something can change in a year. So just looking at the 12 week thing, there's like slogan or how they sell it is achieve more in 12 weeks than you could in a year of goal setting. And yeah, absolutely. But the amount of life that can change in one single year is fascinating. Yeah. Um, from a positive and a negative point of view. Um, so I think that is quite an important checkpoint for both these types of goal setting. You can have a 10 year plan, but in a year's time, it could be totally different. Um, and that's, that's, and that's okay as well. Isn't it? Yeah. Like it's, I think it's important to know that like they can shift and that is the whole point of it. So long it allows you to adjust to it. Yeah. If these things, if these things come up. Yeah. Something else I think is important too is is having, and I've read about this a lot, is having like what they call an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the whole point of this is you're more accountable to yourself, but it doesn't do any harm in having an accountability partner. And mm-hmm. this is something that we've done in the past. Like we've shared our, our three-month goals with each other. Yeah. And say like January, and then at the end of March we've kind of like got together we've had a chat about them and we've discussed yeah like you know how have we got on or even before that you know halfway through we've messaged each each other and we've kind of spoken about you know like what's your progress in relation to this goal like what else do you need to do now that you've done this goal yeah is there anything else you need to do so i think yeah. having that accountability to someone else like you're you're entering this social contract with someone and putting that pressure maybe not pressure but you're putting a degree of pressure on yourself to achieve it yeah it's like a different type of pressure yeah it's not negative but it's a different type of pressure that can provoke action yeah I and I, I think like a real life example of that would be uh, like if you go to the gym and you have paid for a personal trainer, right? Yeah, you're, entering, yeah. you're entering this social contract that's saying, yeah, I've paid you money, I'm going to show up and I'm going to work out. Yeah. So you're inclined to turn up and take action. And it's the same thing with this. We've entered a social contract together and we're going to turn up and take action. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that that's such a good point, especially I think that's a really effective point in that 12 week side of things. I think that would be very important for maintaining 
consistency beyond 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, it'd be a bit tougher to keep that up for 10 years, but um, not to say it wouldn't evolve in that. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've been in contact for 10 years since, since uh, yeah. stuff, so you never know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if we've made it to this point, we'll make it another 10 years. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and but yeah, definitely, I think 12, in the 12-week thing, it's probably more more pertinent to have an accountability partner for the 12 week thing as it is a 10 year thing because yeah you're going to lose track over 10 years but when you break it down like you said you've got that consistency and you're constantly checking in taking action yeah i also really like the element of and I know we touched about touched on it with the 10-year thing, but I also think it's just as important to create an identity for 12 weeks. Like, 12 weeks, it's almost like you're creating this thing. And they talk about it in the book of creating a vision. Um, but I think that goes really hand-in-hand hand with the identity side of things as well. Yeah. So it forces you to change quite quickly. Um whether that's you know we talked about i am a writer so i have to write every day and similarly to your point of like complementing the two together and using them i think that's like a really good way of creating like your identity and then building upon that discipline if that makes sense yeah i think james clear talked about that as well didn't he he talked about yeah affirmations and becoming the person you want to be so i giving you that foundation to yeah yeah and i I know for me that that definitely helped like after reading his book um and i kind of wanted to start start running and stuff just to kind of keep fit during lockdown Mm. um so i kind of said to myself like yeah i'm a runner i hadn't run since like high school um but telling yourself you're a runner you embody the values of it every day yeah. and that'd be true for, for 12 weeks so it'll be true for for a year and you act as if a runner would act so you get up you don't miss a run you say you're going to go out you do go out you eat well um, I, well try to <laughs> i mean maybe maybe that's one of the one of the points that i've uh, maybe dropped a bit but try my best mate <laughs> all right but yeah the you're you're more of a mindset of an athlete than you would have been you know yeah 100 percent. and and it's a start right like i'm not saying i'm going to be in in the olympics but it's yeah. it helps me achieve what i that's yeah and th- this is also something important to address when it comes to goal setting is that like definition of success like having a and it, we talk about it a lot but it's you know being successful to one person might be having a mansion, uh, Aston Martin, a swimming pool in their back garden, but that is dangerously perceived as being success for everyone. Yeah. But I think it's important when you're goal setting that you define what success is for you and being able to be comfortable with that. Um, it's very personal as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. what what I define as success would be completely different potentially to what you would define as success. And like you ask five people on the street what what they would define as it, and you'd probably get different answers. And yeah, it's it's 
it's okay for these to be different because it's so personal to you. Like no one else is, has a right to kind of tell you what success means to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like let's use an example of career. So the, the, the common and in no means incorrect view of success would be starting at the bottom and working yourself up to the top. That might be success for you. For from my personal experience, it's finding a job that is aligned with my values and how what impact I can have every day, and getting that fulfillment and meaning, um, and like rank doesn't come into that for me. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. But those are two very very different view point points of view. Um, and both of them are, or can be defined as success, you know? Yeah. Um, because, because it's, it's personal to each person, right? mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important point when you're goal setting, whether it's 10 years or 12 weeks that you define exactly what success is because, and I don't know if it's something to do with how our brains work, but we are always related to things like money and like speed and, and things like that relating to success yeah. and i think it's sometimes important to to look inwards when defining what success is so yeah. um in relation to the 12 week goal um or 12 week plan as well I just wanted to, to look at a quote that I found in it and just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I found it quite interesting. Um, so it, it hit me with it. Yeah, it goes, you have the ability to strengthen and develop your brain by thinking about a compelling future for yourself, by regularly and repeatedly thinking about an inspiring vision where you emotionally connect with the life you desire. Now, I find this really interesting because this is, I saw this in the 12 week goal setting that could easily be in your 10 year goal setting as well. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's the same. It's the same concept, isn't it? I think the, you could absolutely apply that quote to the 10 year thing. Hmm in order to define what you want it to look like. And you could absolutely apply that to the 12 week plan mm -hmm. to enable you to get started yeah. and take action. It's very inter interchangeable, I think. Yeah. I really like the side of things where it talks about that regular and repeatedly thinking. And I thought that related massively to the likes of visualization and linking to taking time out to, to visualize exactly what you want. Like you've clearly taken time out of your day to write down things that you believe that you want and where you want to be and things like that. But I genuinely think that taking that time out to simply sit and visualize it as well is just as important with, with this goal setting as well. So yeah. Um, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for visualization too. I mean, one example 
I believe this is what like F1 drivers do mm. before they uh, before they race. They'll visualize like they will obviously know the course like the back of their hand, uh, the uh, the track like the back of their hands, right? Yeah. But they will visualize, sit there and visualize like every single turn and corner, so they know exactly what to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, but I mean, what's the difference between visualizing that? It's in a different setting, yes. But what's the difference between that and visualizing what you want your life to be? Totally, and it's probably it's something not. that not not many people do. And is it, like it, it's, you know, in my opinion, borderline criminal to to not do that um, for yourself, especially with the impact that it can it can have, um, yeah. giving you that clarity and. You know, it, it's always going to be a tough thing to balance the short term and the long term goal setting. Um, but if you have that constant check in, then you you constantly are evolving that vision for yourself. So yeah, one hundred percent, man. Um, last question from me. <laughs> Put me on the spot. If you had to pick one. Between ten year and twelve weeks, which would you pick? What would I do? Uh, I think purely for for the fact that I've already can experimented with the twelve week uh, planning, I would probably go for the ten year because I don't <clears throat> think twelve year uh, twelve week planning allows you to really set as ambitious ideal idealistic goals for yourself i yeah. think uh, you know I've, co- I've i've said this before but the beauty of the 10 year plan is that it is so long you can make anything up yeah i mean it's, it's your idea of a perfect life yeah and the fact it's so long is in, like anything's possible mm. whereas with 12 weeks you can set goals but perhaps not as as lofty a set of goals as you could thinking about it from from a 10-year perspective yeah. uh, but having said that i definitely think that you probably couldn't do one without the other so you couldn't have a 10-year plan and not have a 12-week plan on taking action mm-hmm. i think that's that would be my kind of like on the fence Type, type, type answer about it. What do you think? I uh, no, uh, yeah. I I would also go with the ten year. I think the ten year, and I've never, I've, I've not heard of it before you um, passed on. But I think it it would align so much more with who you are and your personal values, your beliefs, and gives you that permission to dream more it's freedom mate that's yeah. what it is i think i think 12 weeks for as useful and as motivational um and instant it can be i just think that i i don't think you would be as unique with your achievements i think yeah let's let's use the examples of lockdown so from march april may 
that's 12 weeks to the whatever end of May, that would have been three months, 12 weeks. And, you know, you could have achieved anything with that, but that is not part of your identity. That could, that could, you could achieve something and it not be part of your identity for the rest of your life. Yeah. So massively. I definitely think there's an important element of that identity being more powerful with that 10 year plan. So yeah, I think ultimately, (laughs) nice. I like it. I think ultimately the 10 year plan is kind of like, it's the blueprint, right? Yeah. And the 12 week plan is the kind of, the hard work, the nitty gritty, this is what you need to do mm-hmm. to complete it. Yeah. So like I said, I think that they're definitely interchangeable or um, you couldn't necessarily do one without the other, but completely agree with what you said in the fact that a 12 week, th- I think in short term, like 12 weeks, it doesn't allow you to really define what your life's going to be it's more actionable it's mm-hmm. more just getting things done it's the hard work side of it mm-hmm. whereas the 10-year plan is the dreaming maybe not dreaming but it's the it's the ambitious the bigger picture right yeah and the 12 weeks is just it's a tool it's a tool to allow yeah. you to achieve it yeah i like that so there we have it dan and i discussing at length around goal setting but directly comparing the two of the the 10 year plan and the 12 week year what's your favorite after that what thoughts has it provoked for you has it changed your outlook or your perspective on how you want to go around achieving what you want to achieve do you agree with us do you disagree with us do you have any other ideas around goal setting that have worked for you in the past that you feel would be important to share with others. Please tweet me. Um, just search for Lawrence McClelland. Um, and you should be able to, to find me, no doubt. And I would love to hear some of your thoughts um, in regards to this podcast or any other podcast. So thanks again for listening and I uh, hope to see you guys all next time. Cheers. Mm-hmm.